Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Welcome to the Arsenal Weekly Podcast. Hello and welcome to the Arsenal Weekly Podcast for the week of Monday, April the 3rd. I'm your host, Russell Hargreaves. Coming up on this week's show, Herr Mertesacker pays tribute to former Gunners and Germany teammate Lukas Podolski. We look back at a pivotal moment for the club in this week's history lesson. Adrian Clark is back with another dose of the chalkboard. We kick off by looking back at the weekend action with Arsenal.com's Max Jones. It's time to go around the club with Max Jones. Max joins me in the studio now. How's it going? Yeah, all good, thanks, Russ. All good. Quite a lot to, to try and pick out from, from the game on Sunday. Frustrating for Arsenal to keep going behind, but also good heart and, and at times some really good football to keep getting back into it. Yeah, it was a, an afternoon of mixed emotions, really, wasn't it? Because we didn't really know how to, how to feel at the end of the game. Is that a positive result because you have come from behind? Um, I, don't, I don't know. I think given Arsenal's current form, Probably take the point, wouldn't you? Just to get yourselves back on track after that disappointing West Brom defeat. Of course, that follows from Liverpool, from Chelsea as well. So, yeah, you take the point and then roll with that. Hopefully build some momentum. One of the frustrating things is, again, I'm afraid the Gunners at times shooting themselves in the foot. Mm, yeah, well, I mean, we fought so hard to get back into the game. It was a bit of a scrappy goal, wasn't it, from Theo Walcott? But it's good to see him come alive in the box, if you will, and, and, and find the net. Um, and just bit, it was it was a real poacher's goal actually, wasn't it, from from Theo? And, and we do want to see a bit more of that. But flip side of it is 131 seconds later, you've got Sergio Aguero restoring City's lead. And it's exactly the bit, isn't it? Yeah, but also in that time, just 131 seconds between the two goals, you've also had Kevin De Bruyne hitting the post for a second time in that match. So Arsenal were very vulnerable at the back, and that's not really like them. Uh, you look at the last few seasons, their their defensive stats haven't been. Uh, haven't been too bad. I think they've had some of the best defensive stats from the top four, obviously, along with Spurs and, and Chelsea have been very strong at the back this season in particular. But it, it was just so un uncharacteristic of Arsenal to just score and then concede that quickly. And I think they were a bit blown away by uh, Manchester City's tactics. You know, I, th I think Adrian on the, on the breakdown this week talks about how uh, Pep Guardiola's kind of created his own tactic where he's got his players playing in all sorts of positions that Arsenal just wouldn't be used to. And mm. I think that confused them, especially for that Aguero goal 
Um, yeah, when you've ostensibly got seven or even eight attacking players on yeah. the field, even playing at full-back and so on, it is a very open tactic. But as you say, it's quite a hard one to necessarily adapt to. Yeah, look, I don't, I don't want to dig out anyone too much. But if you look at Granit Xhaka on that Aguero goal, he could have done a bit more. His positioning could have been a bit better. Um, in the end, the defence ended up shifting to the right. And then when the ball was played uh, to the Man City's left, it was... Or to Arsenal's left, I should say, Granit Xhaka wasn't tracking back and and in the end, Aguero had a free shot on goal. Mm. One positive to take, though, as we mentioned, is fighting back, getting another equaliser, which came from Skodra Mustafi. Corner, left-hand side, Mesut Ozil gets ready to take. Plenty forward, they've loaded up far post at the moment and it comes fair delivery, nodded down and in! Skodra Mustafi finds the corner, Arsenal are level again! to a piece here, great delivery and a firm header that beats Caballero in his Arsenal 2, Manchester City 2. That's a towering header from the big German. There's Ozil with a little outswinger from the corner, he just makes that run. Mm -hmm. so someone who's not the tallest centre-half, he attacks it really, really well, finds early. And that's a brilliant header, it really is. That's Caballero, game on to 2-2. Two -two. That was a good moment, wasn't it? I enjoyed that. Yeah, it was a good moment and you know, Scott Mustafi, you could tell from his face that he He's really bought into the values of this club. He knows how important these big games are. He's such a big character around the change yeah. room as well. And you can see in his face when he celebrated that goal just how much he cared about it and he knew the importance of it. But I do just want to highlight Meza Ozil in, in this game, his contribution. Obviously, he's getting lots of stick for, for giving the ball away on the edge of his box for Aguero's goal. But actually, I think he played really well in the second half and I don't think he's got enough credit for that. In the first half, maybe... He seemed a bit off. His touch wasn't as good as, as we're used to seeing. But when you, when you watch it on TV, and Russ, I, I know mm. you were at the stadium uh, as, as well for, for previous games where you've yeah. seen Meza Ozil in person. When, when you're watching him in person compared to when you're watching him on TV, you don't really appreciate the runs that he makes off the ball, the yeah. movement and, and, and stuff. And he's also uh, come under some criticism for his, his physicality, not going into tackles. But I think in this game, he was holding up the ball quite well in the second half and he was bringing other players into play. And uh, I think all in all, it was, it was a good performance by him and, and that was actually his 50th Arsenal assist in all competitions and his 38th in the Premier League. Not bad. Well, since he signed, no one's got more. So <laughs> yeah, he's, he's got to be doing something right, hasn't he? OK, so a draw, not great for either team. Positive, certainly, to take. Not the ideal result for either Arsenal or Manchester City. Uh, let's get the post-match thoughts of the boss, of Arsene Wenger. I think it was a game where we're not completely at our best uh, on the fluency and on the technical front because we're under huge pressure. But we have shown uh, strong mental resources and refuses to lie down uh, against a team who's always dangerous going forward. And uh, at the end of the day, we got uh, a point that will help us even if mathematically I think it's not the best uh, maybe solution for both teams, but for us it was important not to lose today as well. I think that's kind of fair enough, isn't it, from Arsene there? Just trying to say, at least as you touched on already, the momentum, that line in the sand to really move onwards and upwards and, and stop that bad run of defeats. Yeah, I mean, looking at it, where we are in the league, we're seven points off the Champions League places and we have got a really tough running coming up. Um, I think out of out the... Uh, teams challenging for the top four. You've got Man City and Liverpool who probably have the easiest fixtures. They've got quite a lot of uh, bottom half sides in there. Um, United, Spurs and Arsenal arguably have the toughest and I think for now we're all right to probably exclude Everton for mm. the, from the race for top four. 
Um, the Everton Man U game will be interesting. It on will Tuesday be interesting. Night. Yeah, yeah. That's but, Old Trafford. <laughs> but looking looking at Arsenal's next few fixtures, um, West Ham, Palace, and Borough, you'd, you'd hope for nine points. Um, and obviously, you still got to play Sunderland too, who we can assume are as good as relegated yeah, now. I covered them actually this weekend. Just got at Watford, and they were very disappointing. They really were. You've got hope then for four mm. wins from those four games. Um, where it gets a bit tricky is is with Leicester, who've rediscovered their form recently, and then of course we've got to go to Spurs and then host Man United as well. So. It's going to be a tricky run-in, which ultimately ends with Stoke away, where we have struggled in the past, and uh, Everton at home, who, if they do still have something to play for, <laughs> that's going to be a, a, an interesting game as well. So I think the important thing for us now is to focus on the next game, which is West Ham. Tackle that game as we did with the away game, where we beat them 5-1, and then just get that momentum, get that confidence building again, because we've seen what Arsenal are capable of doing when they play with confidence. And hopefully that will uh, power us through right to the end. Well, Clark and I will preview that game and the Palace game on the chalkboard in a few minutes. But I just wanted to finish with Emacs by saying, obviously, Manchester City and Arsenal will lock horns again in not too long in an FA Cup semi-final. I wonder what we glean from what happened uh, on Sunday. I don't think you can read too much into it. Um, they're two sides who are in very different patches of form at the moment. Man City are now unbeaten in eight Premier League games, whereas Arsenal just one win in six, which yeah. is... Not great. Obviously, we spoke just a second ago about how important confidence is in these games and how important momentum is. Um, City also played without a natural right back, which well, Navas did well though. Well, he 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 did he did, but could Arsenal have targeted him a bit more? Maybe, yeah. maybe. Um, and also, they're they're waiting for Gabriel Jesus, who who could be back in time for that game at the end of the month. Um, Arsenal were missing Oxo Chamberlain, Ramsey, and, and Petr Cech, but of course, David Ospina will. Filling in goal, you'd expect for the yeah. semi-final. Um, well, Koscielny missed the second half, so that's not many injuries, admittedly, but they are important players. And the bit that goes with all of this is quite an important bit, which is our record at Wembley. Um, we've won the last six times we played there since, of course, that League Cup final. So, yeah, hopefully, we've got good memories of that, and that will be able to uh, help us get to the final. Yeah. Which to finish, I like it. Max Jones of Arsenal.com. Thank you very much. Thank you. Pat. Lucas Podolski bought time on his international career by scoring the winning goal against England last week. Here's Per Mertesacker talking about his time playing alongside Poldy. It is, it is how it is. He's one of a kind, I would say. And it's how it's supposed to end for him. And I'm very grateful we spend a lot of time together um, with, with Germany plus at the club, you know. And I think we have, we've had great time together and shared some emotional and great moments. So uh, I'm grateful for him. And I think um, it's going to be tough for all of us, you know, for the kind of the generation that has kind of left now, who joined in 2004, the national team. So mm. yeah, almost 13, 12, 13 years ago. Um, to reflect and look back what has actually happened. That's something he has to go through, myself, a few others. And uh, it's going to be interesting, you know, to meet one day and to speak about all the 
all the great tournaments we played in that spell of 10 years reached at least the semi-finals um, and then with the uh, with the ending of my career and a couple of others with winning the the title he extended this that another what did you another two years to that um, it's going to be interesting you know to see what it's like to meet one day and think about all what we've done together but it's going to be but the ending I'm just happy for him that he's he's healthy and his family did you am I right in thinking that you um, lived in the house of him in, in Brazil yes six of us six so we were we were divided into four houses mm. so just six of us and uh, that was great you know to get that team spirit what is it that makes him so unique because think, everyone talks about this poldy way um, I think he's like he's got that his joy the joy of the game has never left him as a person so he would always go onto the pitch the first shot would hit top corner with his left foot full power that's how he approaches the game he wants to have fun he wants to just enjoy himself and and he's every day in the same good positive mood and that's something you won't find a lot mm. kind of that consistency every single day you know he wants to he is in that positive mindset and goes to the pitch and knows he's gonna hit that with his left foot in the top corner full power and that means he you know, he's not scared about anything. He's not, he doesn't care about what could happen without warming up, you know. my. No, he's just, he want to have that fun and that made him special for, for any team. So I think looking back and he had, but he put that great talent into a great footballer, you know. And that is something what helped him on the way that he never all the attention you know he, he gained or he raised with all his talent and um, he's never forgotten where he, where he was born was his passion and it's all about football so those are the key words I think for him that he has had such a great career and it's difficult you know to when you when he steps on a pitch he's focused he's not caring about what could have in two minutes, five minutes, just think about the moment because uh, football is very destructive. And one thing he always kept in mind is pitch is the most important thing I want to have. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volur XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com.
Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. I want to I wanna have a real stride into that goal that was always his aim, you know. And he didn't thought about what is next two minutes or what will that goal happen with my person. Never. And that is something very helpful in football business nowadays. That's why he survived and had that success. And it's Adams put through by Bold. Would you believe it? Or Charlie George who can hit him. Oh, look, It's up for grabs now. Thomas, right at the end. On April the 3rd, 1914, Woolwich Arsenal dropped the Woolwich from their name to become Arsenal Football Club. But the genesis of this change would come a year earlier. In 1913, the club was on the brink of extinction. Relegation was the final straw for chairman Henry Norris, who took the decision to leave Woolwich for good. The club's new home would be in North London at Highbury. The change of location worked wonders for the club and Highbury would go on to be the stage for some of the most iconic moments in British football history. We'll bring you another history lesson next week. But now it's time to look ahead to a double game week with the chalkboard and our very own Adrian Clark. The Chalkboard with Adrian Clark. Well, joining us on the Chalkboard is, of course, the one and only Adrian Clark. Clarky, how are you doing? I'm very well, thank you. Spring has sprung, so yeah, I've got a spring in my step. And a point on the board as well, as <laughs> yes. Max and I were discussing. Something to take. Now, we'll start with our question on the Chalkboard, which uh, is, what is your favourite hybrid moment, having well, just heard about it? In yeah, I mean, individually, it, it's easy for me because it, it, would, it would 100% be my full debut for Arsenal, which was against QPR on Boxing Day 1995. I mean, goodness me, that seems so long ago now, uh, a lifetime ago. But <laughs> um, an amazing day. Uh, I remember, yeah, uh, having 
sort of there's a bit of a fuss made ahead of kickoff on the on the big screen because I was the debutant and no one really knew who I was. So, the, <laughs> so, so there was a little bit of pressure before kickoff, but it, the game went great. We won three 0 I had loads of the ball and and uh, got man of the match in some quarters. So, so that was that was brilliant. Um, I saw some cracking matches there as well. I mean, oh, lose count of how of how many. Um, Brilliant matches they were, but I do remember that 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 first season in, in um, well first season for me when Arsenal won the league in 1991. Some wonderful nights there um, that I'll never forget. There was a cup tie as well against against Liverpool. Sixty thousand crammed into Highbury. Outside the ground, I got swept off my feet. Wow. That's how busy it was ahead wow. of kickoff. I literally got taken away. I was only about twelve. Got lifted off my feet, and it was quite scary. Yeah, yeah. But but it that it was just a real buzz around the place. It was absolutely jam packed, and uh, yeah, the atmosphere at Highbury on those big nights was was something to behold. Brilliant stuff. All right, so let's focus then on a double game. Few days for Arsenal, very important. Arsenal against West Ham and Crystal Palace. Mm. We'll start with the Hammers in mm. the midweek game first of all. Uh, a team who aren't in great form at the moment, but uh, be fascinating to see how they respond to Slaven Bilic being given that dreaded vote of confidence <laughs> by the board. Yeah, I think Slaven Bilic is under massive pressure. The board can can give these votes of confidence quite easily, but the bottom line is they need results. West Ham and he needs results, otherwise they will change the position of manager. I rate Bilic. I think tactically he he nailed it last season against Arsenal, didn't he? The, the, on two occasions, especially here at here at Stadium, he was, he was terrific. He's lost a bit of his mojo. The sparkle's gone out of his eyes to some degree. I, I don't know what's gone on. The squad has gone backwards to some degree. Um, still popular and still being backed widely though, isn't he? Which is interesting. I think he should, he should be backed. I think West Ham fans like Bilic. I think he's an astute gaffer. But I actually think he needs to be given the right players. And, and I don't think he was necessarily the man that brought in all of the acquisitions last summer. Obviously, he didn't want to lose Payet either. Um, so, so, yeah, I would stick with Bilic. But, but there's no doubt that they're not as good this year as they were last season. And on the back of the draw with City, Arsenal have to win this game. Uh, they, they, they have to win it. And West Ham are not in the kind of form, in my opinion, to... Well, to... I think Arsenal got a great chance to beat them. I'll highlight a couple of West Ham players. Obviously, Andy Carroll, if mm. fixed. I know he potential injury concern again, but as a target man and when fit, he really has become something else again of late, hasn't he? I was going to highlight him. And also Robert Snodgrass, who was brought in as kind of the Payette replacement, mm. great at Hull, mm. hasn't really done it for me at, at West Ham yet. No, he hasn't. No, I, I would I would go along with that. He's been quite quiet. They haven't got the best out of him yet, but he's a good footballer, Robert Snodgrass. And if Arsenal allow him... Time to look up and deliver crosses into the box for Andy Carroll. Arsenal are in trouble. So they need to get tight to him. Wherever he plays, normally on the right, isn't it? But, but he can float. Whoever the fullback is that's closest has to stop those crosses because when the ball goes in the box, Andy Carroll, as Arsenal know, um, <laughs> is, is a huge, huge threat. Arsenal need to come up with a plan to, to handle Andy Carroll. The game that's, I'll never forget it, that one at Upton Park last season, it was really disappointing the way Arsenal didn't didn't have any plan mm. for Andy. It was almost as if they'd never seen him play before, which obviously wasn't the case. Yeah. Um, and, and I just hope that they will come up with a, a good strategy to, to knock him out of his stride. When the ball is in the air, someone needs to be making contact with Andy Carroll. You need to block him off. You can't let him have a three or four yard run up. If he does, he will score. Simple as that. 
Okay, so that is game one. Game two is against another team who have not had a great season, but of course have just had an excellent win, mm. which is Crystal Palace in the Monday night game. Yeah, well, good acquisitions, I think, from, from Crystal Palace. I think that's made the difference that Sacco has come in. You've got a central midfield player as well um, that, that's done a great job in, in the heart of the midfield. Um, Van Aanholt as well. Van Aanholt, yeah, I'm not so sure about him. I've okay. never been a huge fan of great his. Great going forward. Yeah, great going <laughs> forward, but he sometimes doesn't know how to defend. Um, Schlupp, of course, uh, I think played there at the weekend um, for, for Crystal Palace. But yeah, they're full of confidence. They've had a load of clean sheets back to back. So um, apart from Chelsea, but again, what a result that was um, to go there and, and get a 2-1 victory. The obvious man in form is, is Wilf Sahar a player that I've never been a huge fan of because he's lacks end product. But he, under Big Sam, he seems to have harnessed his qualities and we're seeing a player that's doing a job for the team, that's producing goals and assists, and he's still getting the fans off their seats with, with these flashes of brilliance. So, uh, yeah, Zaha is a player that Arsenal really do need to, to control in that game. In a broader sense, if you're Arsene Wenger, how do you look at maybe tinkering or rotating your starting 11s Ooh, for each of these yes. games? Is it, well, look, you're coming to the final stretch now. I wouldn't rotate. I'd play the best team possible every single week between now and the end of it's the still season. It's hard to know what that is, though, at times, isn't oh, it? Absolutely. And, and I think Arsene Wenger will be unsure of it because, let's be honest, the form isn't great. The, the form has been really disappointing. I didn't think the performance against Manchester City was anything to write home about. It was the player showed good character to uh, to come back twice to, to claim a point. But in terms of the technical performance, the fluidity and cohesion, there's still a long way to go. Arsenal are nowhere near their best at the moment. What they need to do is is really attack West Ham United. They don't, they can't approach this match with any kind of hesitation. They are there for the taking, West Ham United. That is the match to build confidence in. So I would expect Arsene Wenger to go with a, a lively lineup. Um, I, I would like to see Alexis up top. This is nothing against yep. nothing against uh, Danny Welbeck or Olivier Giroud, but I think Alexis up top. Would... That worked well, didn't it, in the autumn? <laughs> well, it worked brilliantly in the autumn, and it worked amazingly in the game against West Ham, where he absolutely tore the hammers apart. One of the best hat tricks I've ever seen from Alexis. So I would put him on the team sheet up top because that. Before a ball's been kicked, that West Ham side are like, uh-oh, Alexis up front again. We've got our hands full. I, I, I think that counts for a lot. I'd also like to see maybe a change in centre midfield for this game. Granit Xhaka and Francis Coquelin. You know, two decent players, but I don't think either had a great game against Manchester City. So it wouldn't surprise me if Elneny came in. And I'd like to see yeah, uh, Oxlade-Chamberlain maybe come back from injury because he was in really good form before he, his absence. So, um, so, yeah, I think there'll be changes for the Hammers. And from there, let's see, depending on what happens against West Ham, then it will affect the team selection. If it goes like a dream, same again at Palace. So, subbing those wider tactical thoughts down, in a sentence, Adrian, <laughs> how do Arsenal get six points well, between now and this time next week? Arsenal need to get six points between now and next week. They need to play with urgency. It's as simple as that. You can't coast through these two games. You can't assume that things are going to happen. They have to make things happen. And that means, and it's an old cliche, but they need to play with fire and play with 110% effort and energy. Do that. And I, and I genuinely believe they'll take six points and hopefully um, the running will be a really fun one. 
We shall see. High time we checked in, of course, with our ongoing, very intense and very close prediction competition. Uh, Arsenal.com's Liam Roberts is, of course, the podcast editor. He has more holidays than hot dinners at the moment. <laughs> He's not here again in the studio. He's joining us on the line. Liam, where are you now? Um, I'm in my back garden trying to get a reception on the phone. <laughs> <laughs> it's, well, it's, yeah, it's hardly the uh, playboy lifestyle, yes, is it? Not that the Costa del Sol, as we expected. I've, so, I've had so many holidays, I've run out of money, so I just have to spend my time off in my house now. <laughs> Going to come back here at some point, maybe? I don't know, I might, I might pop him once more before the end of the season. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, give us an update, because I have a horrible feeling I didn't fare massively well in the last round. Well, yeah, so last week I asked you, um, I wanted the combined total for shirt numbers for the Arsenal starting 11. Uh, do you remember what you said? Okay. Well, 160-ish, yeah. That's right, yeah. yeah. And I was about 135, I think. Yeah, that sounds about right. It was actually a lot higher than that because the boss sprung a couple of surprises by fitting Danny Welbeck in there. That's it, um, yeah. It was actually 199. Blimey. Yeah. Well out. So, so, um, so that's a one point for me? Yeah, Adrian Clark brings it up to 20 points apiece. Oh. Very, very tight in this competition. It's turning into a bit of a classic, isn't it? Let's be honest. It's going to be one of the all-time great seasons. Probably the only season we actually do on this competition as well. <laughs> Come out with a bang. I want the equivalent of a St. Totchingham's Day where Adrian can't catch me, where I'm four points clear with one round to go. That'd be amazing. Well, I think it's going to be Anfield 89. We're going to, we're going to go to the last game of the season. <laughs> what have we got today? Okay, so double game week again this week. Um, Olivier Giroud came on in the uh, second half of the game against Man City. So I want to know combined minutes that Olivier Giroud will play in the next two games for Arsenal. And who's first? You. Me. First, yeah, okay. Yeah. I think, having listened to what Adrian has just said very astutely, <laughs> I think Sanchez will start up top for game one. So therefore, she'll be off the bench. And I think he will start game two against Palace. So I'm going to say. 13 minutes in game one <laughs> and 71 in game two. 84. 84 minutes. 84 minutes, right. Um, first good guess. I, I, I don't think he's going to start against West Ham. I, I don't know why. Um, I just don't think he really yep. did enough when he came on uh, against Manchester City to convince Arsenal Wenger to start him in that game. I think Arsenal are going to play excellently against the Hammers. And for that reason, I think he'll be on the bench again at Selhurst Park. So I'm going to dip underneath and um, I'm going to say 80, 80 minutes. Um, no, what am I talking about? Two substitute appearances. No, let's play this fair. Two substitute appearances. I think he's going to have 55 minutes. Thank you. I had a horrible feeling you were just going to play. <laughs> I could do. I could do. I hope. I hope this is remembered. I, I hope you remember this when I lose next week. Um, I'm going to say two substitute appearances. It's going to come to uh, 55. There you go, Liam. Wow, that was the, that was the most long-winded way of getting to 55. I think. I've ever heard. <laughs> Bit of me just died then. <laughs> <laughs> Liam, thank you very much indeed, Clarky. As ever, top work. Yeah, no worries. That's full time on this week's show. Our thanks to Per Mertesack and Max Jones and, of course, to Adrian Clark for their contributions today. Don't forget you can subscribe on iTunes, leaving us a five-star review. You can catch us on Acast as well, so you've never got the excuse to miss another episode. We're back on Tuesday, April the 11th, after that Crystal Palace game. And until then, it's bye for now. And come on, you gunners. The Arsenal Weekly Podcast. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. 
Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.